Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in person payments. Then, Stripe Tap to Pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Daily Tech News Show is powered by you. To find out more, head to dailytechnewsshow.com slash support. This is the Daily Tech News for Wednesday, May 2nd, 2018 in Los Angeles. I'm Tom Merritt. In Salt Lake City, where I can now download Hulu shows to watch offline, I'm Scott Johnson. And uh, our lovely Sarah Lane is uh, out uh, with uh, some other stuff going on today. She'll be back tomorrow. We miss her. Um, But thankfully, our producer, Roger Chang, is still here. I am still here. The lovely Roger Chang. (laughs) I've I've said it before, Roger. You're quite delicious. I mean, delightful. (laughs) Whoa, rip, rip from today's headlines. Tom. Yeah, rip from today's French headlines. I am going to uh, break down a little bit about, uh, you know, I don't think we often remind ourselves that there was a lot of hype that didn't prove true. So regarding Apple earnings, we're going to do that a little later in the show. Let's start with a few tech things you should know. Google is launching an investment program for early-stage startups that use Google Assistant in their products. Google will provide financial resources, early access to features and tools, access to the Google Cloud platform, and promotional support. The program will focus on uses for Google Assistant in travel, hospitality, and games. Make it easy to get in. It's a good idea. In 2016, Nokia acquired Withings, uh, transformed the company into Nokia Digital Health, Now Nokia has announced it is negotiating to sell its digital health division, made up mostly of the former Withings company, to Withings founder Eric Carell. I think is how you say it, or Carell. Nokia Digital Health made up uh, 52 million euros of Nokia's 23.2 billion last year, and they're dumping it. We hardly knew ye, Withings. Maybe it'll get be called Withings again. I shouldn't Uh, say they're dumping it. They're selling it. Yeah. Data analytics firm SCL Group and its affiliate Cambridge Analytica has shut down. SCL Group, of course, as most of you know, received data from Professor Alexander Kogan's personality survey in violation of Facebook's terms of service. It told Facebook it deleted the data, but it was revealed earlier this year that it had not done so. 
Business Insider reports that SCL Group Chairman Julian Wheatland and Chief Data Officer Alexander Taylor set up a different company called Emmer Data last August, which lists former Cambridge Analytica CEO Alexander Nix as a director. Nix, of course, recently stepped down or was fired, depending on who you ask, from Cambridge Analytica. Emmer Data's mailing address is the same as SCL Group's the owner of Cambridge Analytica. So they are definitely not gone, um, but they're also not forgotten. So I guess they're they're basically just still around under another name. Uh, And real quickly, the Spotify earnings just came in and the operating loss has narrowed. This is Spotify's first earnings report since it IPO'd. And it looks like, okay, revenue for the latest quarter was 1.139 billion euros, up 26% from a year earlier, or 37% if you exclude currency effects, because remember, they operate in multiple places around the world, including the U.S. That was broadly in line with the 1.1 billion euros to 1.15 billion euros the company had forecast. Spotify said it had 170 million active monthly users at the end of March, up 30% from a year ago. That includes 75 million paying subscribers, which is up 45% on the year. So there you go. That's... The Spotify earnings. Let's talk a little bit more about Facebook. F8 Day 2, Facebook announced it will open source more AI tools and said the next version of its open source deep learning framework, PyTorch 1.0, will be released in the coming months. Azure and AWS will both support PyTorch 1.0. Facebook also talked about how it uses billions of public photos on Instagram and their hashtags to train image recognition models. The pre-training involved developing systems that found relevant hashtags and then prioritized ones that were specific over more general ones like lit. It's not very useful for the machine learning. Facebook claims that its model can now distinguish dog breeds, plants, food, stuff like that. How do you feel about that? I wonder if we're helping or hurting them, people like me, and there are a ton of artists on Instagram who are posting just artwork, right? Very stylized stuff. Some of it's very abstract. Some of it may be realistic, but I have to think that stuff, they they have to make their AI smart enough to go, all right, that's not a real face. That's a face of a thing that's not a real person. So ignore that. Like, I wonder if that makes their job easier or better or more robust, or if it's actually making them work harder for them as they comb that data from Instagram. Well, I think that's what's significant about this story is that they created uh, a way to sift through all of that. So it didn't matter. They're like, we, you know, people do what people do uh, and we'll figure out how to get the AI to make sense out of it. And that that's kind of an achievement in and of itself. I agree. Dog breeds. Crazy. LG announced it's G7 Think. That's with a Q at the end. Thin Q. Like, thank Thin you. Thin Q. Thin Q. Uh, that's a Star Trek reference. Anyway, it's a brand new phone in New York City with a dedicated button for Google Assistant and a notch that you can turn it off with if you prefer full bezel, which is kind of the way a lot of people are going. The cameras use AI to identify objects and optimize contrast, saturation, and color. Always something about cameras with these new phones. The headphone jack can supply virtual 7.1 surround sound. And the internal speaker is 39% louder. LG did not announce a price or availability. What do you think about that notch solution where they're like, it's got a notch, but if that bothers you, you can just turn off the the screen around the notch so it just looks like a normal bezel. Uh, I mean, it feels half-steppy. Like, we're all heading toward this bezel-less future and buttonless future, even... Stall- and notch full. 
future, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to put it. But even like Apple is so in on Face ID and 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 they're clearly going to a place where not even a single button will do anymore. I feel like this is I feel like we're kind of back this particular phone anyway. It feels like back in the in the day when Blackberries were still coming out and people were saying, "Oh good because I want a physical keyboard. I need that tactile keyboard." And I don't hear anyone making that argument anymore. It just poofed away and went away. This feels like another one of those to me. So great for that inner interim group of folks who want to buy a phone that's got the option. But I hate to tell you all, you're looking at a future where there's bezel-less everything, and that's just how it's going to be. So, well, And it's not about bezel-less, right? It's about the notch. People don't mind bezel-less. They mind the notch. And what sure. LG's saying is like, if you, if you mind the notch... Uh, <laughs> Here, uh, get, you can have a bezel instead. It's up to you. You get choice. And I, I, I admire the principle behind that. Uh, and it might come in useful at times if a particular app isn't playing nice with the notch. And I guess if you turn off the bezel, it just shortens the screen size for the app and then everything would look fine. Yeah, I agree. Also, uh, it's I know it's a small thing. It's a tiny little feature, but they mentioned the internal speaker being 39% louder. One of my biggest complaints about phones and handsets for the last... I don't know, five years, is they do tend to be a little quiet. So if you're trying to show something off in a crowded place or you're trying to sort of get attention or use it as a, a device to teach or show or whatever, you kind of have a maximum range and you have to have some sort of other external speaker solution to make it better. And while phones have increasingly gotten louder that way, uh, a big increase in sound is good for me. I realize a lot of people are right now saying, well, Scott, that means really annoying text notifications and really annoying ringtones. And louder is not necessarily better for our sort of social contract we hope to maintain as people. But I, for one, think it would be useful to have a little more volume with my device. So small well, but interesting. And and what LG's touting is that they're using like the the internal space as sort of an amplification chamber. Uh, and some of the reviews I've said say, yeah, it's definitely louder, but louder doesn't always mean better. Yeah. So. We're not sure if this is a good thing or a bad thing, uh, but I guess if it's if it doesn't sound good, you know, if it's all distorted loud, you could turn it down. But then that kind of sort of defeats the purpose of having the ability to go louder, doesn't it? Yep, good point. Uh, hey, you know what? The guys that started Sphero said, "Huh, we were able to create a mini BB-8. What do we do now?" Well, they went off and they created Misty Robotics. Uh, Misty Robotics has opened pre-orders for Misty 2, a personal robot development platform. Misty uses a visual block-based programming environment for easy creation of new skills. It can also use JavaScript and integrate Amazon Voice Services, Cortana, Google Assistant, other cloud APIs. A discounted version costs you $1,600, and it's available until the end of May for shipping in December. They're calling it crowdfunding, which kind of bugs me. I'm like, it's not crowdfunding if you're just selling it yourself. Uh, you're putting a limit on your pre-orders is what you're doing, but whatever. Uh, I like these guys, and I like the, I like this product because what they're trying to do is say, hey, let's create a robotics platform. Let's create the app store for robots, and Misty will be the prototype for that platform. Yeah, I love it. I think it's great. However... What I hope it spawns, and I'm sure already exists in various ways. I've seen people do some stuff with Arduinos and, and Raspberry Pis that are pretty incredible in terms of robotics. Uh, I hope it co- continues to spur on the open source side of this so that there are really cool creative ideas coming from that side. We can have the Labos and the Spheros of the world. I think that's great. There's a great mainstream opportunity there. Uh, I think this is really cool. But again, more 
more development in the area of robotics, the better. Clear point. It's a platform. It's not an open source platform. Right. Correct. So it's and like also, an app store, right? Apple's app store is open, but not open source. Right. There may and be some later, open source elements of this, but I'm going to go crowdfund a taco at Taco Bell later, by the way. Mm-hmm. I will back that as long as I get some cheese. <laughs> uh, movie Pass resumed its $10 a month unlimited movie theater ticket service. CEO Mitch Lowe at CinemaCon was saying, nah, I don't know. I don't know when we're going to bring that back. Turns out today. <laughs> That's when. Uh, Lowe says the company is, quote, absolutely committed to keeping it around. Uh, you still can only see one movie a day for $10 a month. And the restriction that they put in last week on seeing certain movies only once, which seems to apply to all the movies right now, but you can't keep back going back and seeing Infinity War over and over again on Movie Pass. You can only buy the ticket once. Uh, that's going to stay in place. But they did tease that they're going to introduce new plans by the end of the month that would include 3D and IMAX screenings, which are not available right now. Oh, well, they won't help me because I hate both 3D. But I don't hate IMAX. I don't like yeah, I don't, 3D, though. I mean, even IMAX is sometimes okay. That's what I call it when it's the IMAX proportions, but it's not really the full IMAX experience. Oh, IMAX, like it's lying to you. Yeah. You know what? Other people have said that to me, and it didn't even hit me what they were saying until you just did it. I thought maybe it was an alternative kind of IMAX. Oh, like LiDAR. <laughs> <laughs> LiDAR is also radar that lies to you. No, that's yeah. not true. that I part mean, isn't true. I keep talking about jumping in on the movie pass thing. I don't know. Maybe now's the time. I feel like uh, the minute I start talking about more than just me, like if I want one for Kim or for the kids or something, I'm like, man, that's 50 bucks a month. But every time I go see a movie, like I saw Avengers yesterday, I'm going to go see Solo later in the month for sure. Probably something else in between. I'm going to I'm going to spend three times this if I'm not careful. So I don't know. I, got, I think I'm going to finally just bite the cheese and do it, which is not a phrase, by the way. <laughs> Uh, what it is now uh, and the t-shirts will be available in the Daily Tech News Show store also Showbot probably already has it on there Amazon warned or sorry warned open whisper systems that the anti-censorship system used for messaging service signal uh, signal rather violates Amazon web services terms of service by hiding the true origin of traffic using domain fronting love that fronting yo uh, Signal faces immediate suspension. Signal uses Amazon's, uh, I don't know how to say that, Souk? Souk, yeah. I think you nailed it in one. S-O-U-Q.com to obfuscate traffic from uh, outside observers, but it does not hide the origin to users, and it uses its own web security uh, certificate. Yeah, so if you want a good explanation of domain fronting, uh, I would hit up Bart Bouchotts or, or Steve Gibson or, or Darren Kitchen uh, for, for resources on that. But the short version is, you wrap your legitimate request inside a request that looks for like it's a different domain name uh, so that if you're the user, you know, oh, I'm requesting YouTube.com, right? But if you're the country of Turkey, which has just banned YouTube.com for whatever reason, it looks like you're requesting soup.com. And so you can't, you don't, you don't block that request. The problem is that works for Signal. It also works for malicious actors. Uh, and Amazon and Google both now have tried to close the loophole on domain fronting, which was never an intentional feature of their services. It was because they had separated the way they did certain requests uh, that led to you being able to do this. And what they're saying is to stop bad actors, we're going to close that loophole, which is actually what companies should be doing these days. They should be going after these kinds of loopholes and saying, you know what, that could be exploited. Let's shut it down. But it has the very unfortunate effect 
of taking away an anti-censorship tool, which has been very useful for dissidents and people who just want to protect their communications. Well, it's just part of this pattern, you know. New exploits mean sometimes scrapping everything and starting over with better better ideas. So that's probably what's going to have, to happen, have happen here. Uh, certainly if Amazon gets their way. Well, and, and the problem is Moxie Marlin Spike, uh, who's doing the Lord's work at Signal, uh, trying to, to make this work uh, for good, doesn't have a viable alternative to this and, and has said, you know, this essentially makes Signal unviable in certain countries like Egypt, where the only way it was working was using domain fronting. And when Google shut it down, they went to Amazon. And now that Amazon's shutting down, it doesn't seem like there is an alternative yet. Uh, but something to keep an eye on, like you say, uh, the internet always routes around. Maybe there is another way uh, to provide that kind of anti-censorship. Yep. Hey, folks, if you want to get all the tech headlines each day in about five minutes or so, subscribe to Daily Tech Headlines. You can get it on the Amazon Echo. You can also get it on the Google Home and the Anchor app. And, of course, as a podcast at DailyTechHeadlines.com. I'm going to tell you a story and then I'm going to tell you some reality. Scott, are you ready? I am. I like a good story and I like my reality occasionally. Back in February, CNN reported Apple said it's expected sales for the upcoming quarter, the quarter that just ended. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. From a local business to a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then Stripe tap to pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, Visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. The Claude 3 model family from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point on the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who trust Anthropic to keep them at the frontier. Visit Anthropic.com slash Claude today. Uh, to be between $60 billion and $62 billion. So keep that in mind. In February, after their Q quarterly earnings, Apple said next quarter, in May, we think it'll be between $60 and $62 billion. All right? Mm. They had just come off a quarter where Apple phone sales had been down 1% year over year, and that was a holiday quarter. Now, people didn't slam Apple for that. They said, nah, down 1%, that's essentially flat. That's fine. They also panicked 
saying 60 to 62 billion. That doesn't sound like much. Is Apple in trouble? And that started essentially a meme of Apple's in trouble for the next three months. Yeah. TSMC, which makes chips that go into Apple phones, as well as many other products, uh, reported low sales. Now, if you read the headlines, Scott, what would you think those low sales were caused by? Well, if I read them, I would ah. think that meant people were buying less phones. Or what less kind of phones particularly would the headlines have told you they were buying less of? Gosh, it seems like they might zero in on a, a, a kind of a baity thing like maybe Apple. Yeah. Maybe Samsung here and there, but mostly no, Apple. No, pretty much just the iPhone, right. What they didn't tell you in the headlines and sometimes in entire stories was that the decline in cryptocurrency, which has helped the prices of video cards come down finally, also affected TSMC's sales. Now, Samsung's OLED panel. Samsung had a glorious earnings report, but one sort not even negative, but one disappointing factor was OLED panel sales were slowing. Who's who's a big consumer of Samsung's OLED panels, according to the headlines, the buzzy headlines, Scott? Well, outside of themselves, certainly, I would think the Apple iPhone. You can't help yourself. You can't help yourself being reasonable here. I know. It's like you're not even supposed to say outside themselves. The headlines were OLED panels down at Samsung must be slowing iPhone sales. Now, through all of this. Specifically the 10, right? Like that's on the 10. No, specifically the 10. So through all of this. Uh, on DTNS, we've said, well, hold on. The entire smartphone market is 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 slowing. China sales are saturated. I, I'm I'm not going to guess we're going to have a gangbusters quarter for Apple, but it's probably not going to be disastrous. They're forecasting 60 to 62 billion. That's down, but not awful. Well, this week before the Apple earnings, uh, Daily Mail reported Merrill Lynch and J.P. Morgan have warned their clients that Apple's iPhone sales may come in below expectations. And we're talking Merrill Lynch and J.P. Morgan here. Mirabelle Securities Analyst Neil Campling told investors iPhone 10 would be discontinued this year due to poor demand, which frankly it might be because they just replace it with other models. But the idea was like the sales are going to be so bad, they're just going to get rid of it. We mentioned the initial earnings report yesterday. Here's the full report. 52.2 million iPhones sold in the past quarter, up 3% year over year. Remember, in the holiday quarter, they were down 1%, and everyone said, well, I guess that's not great, but it's okay. This time, when everyone was forecasting gloom and doom, they were up 3%. Uh, Average selling price rose 10% to $728. That implies that the expensive iPhone X brought up the average over last year iPad sales actually rose 2%. Mac sales fell 3%. That's been a trend. Uh, Services revenue rose 31%. We're seeing Apple become a service company here. App Store, Apple Music, iCloud, and Apple Pay all generated record revenue, according to Apple. Revenue overall hit that target, $61.1 billion, up over $52.9 billion last year. Earnings per share rose from $2.10 last year to $2.73 this year. In other words, the news was good. Here's the thing. Even in slowing China, we've talked a lot on the show about how the smartphone market is slowing down in China. It's saturating. Apple sales in China rose 21%. Apple's best growth rate in that market yet, despite falling in market share, they still grew. CEO Tim Cook said... It's one of those things like when a team wins the Super Bowl. Maybe you want them to win by a few more points, but it's a Super Bowl winner, and that's how we feel about it. (laughs) All right. There's a couple of takeaways from this for me. I feel like one of them should be, why is it that that your show 
and content like this is the only place I'm getting this sort of non freak out approach to quarterly sales from a big company like Apple. All of that other stuff, and I've seen it. I saw it pop up in news feeds all year. Well, so far this year, I saw all this gloom and doom talk. I saw stuff in, in I use the iPad Pro and, re, and use the news app from Apple, and I'm seeing things pop up saying, is the iPhone 10 in huge trouble? Is quicksand surrounding the... Like, it was the most hyperbolic, ridiculous six or so months I've ever experienced. And because there's so few sources that you can go to and go, all right, what's really going on here? I mean, that's a bummer, dude. It's yeah. a bummer. Well, so, there, there's, you- there's lots of theories on why why this happens, because usually when stuff like this happens, I say, well, you're not picking your sources closely enough. You need to you need to limit where you read your news and question if you're reading mobile-bloglines.com. Is, is that a reliable source? Like, go with the places you know are good. Bloomberg, The Verge, TechCrunch, Ars Technica, The Wired, CNET, etc. Uh in this case, though, you were still getting these kinds of statements from analysts. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to throw Bloomberg and The Verge and the rest under the bus. They they were often very, very even-handedly just reporting like, well, analysts are saying they're concerned and here's why. Several of these outlets did mention, well, Samsung also, you know, makes is a big consumer of its own panels. And cryptocurrency is also one of TSMC's. And, and the better outlets did mention that. But you still had the blaring headline because the analysts were saying this. And I guess the reason for that is everyone's concerned that Apple's going to blow it because they haven't had a new iPhone, right? And right. I almost wanted to go find an old story about the iPod, iPod market maturing yeah. and, and just rewrite it with iPhone and see if it still worked for today. Yeah, you might be able to pass it off as like an actual current uh, thing. Change the dates, change the names, and, and pretty much you've done it. Uh, also, the I saw a uh, post yesterday somewhere that uh, the headline was um, Google's uh, Google and Android have a serious problem with their messaging service and it sucks and it's unusable or something to that effect. No, it isn't. <laughs> of course it's usable. A b- b- millions of people, possibly billions are using yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So, so I, I realize this is kind of like, well, let's take a stab at the big guys who are, who are dominating because ooh, it looks like a little crack in the cement. Maybe this is our time to pounce. And I understand that mentality. I understand how we do this as humans, but man, I wish the tech press would, just, I don't know, on the whole, just smarten up, tighten up. And like you said, there are sources that are going to give it to you straight and you should figure out what those are and cultivate those. But uh, I think this sort of thing is important. And I'm glad that we did it today because this is where I get my clarifications every week. I, I, I hope people listening right now are like, yeah, that hyperbolic news stuff that we've been hearing so much about. It's not just politics, not just, no. you know, in other parts of, of life. It's part of the tech news cycle, maybe more than it's ever been. And, so, and yeah. Looking at Apple, you could say, okay, iPhone sales are slowing, right? They're not slowing as much as people were freaking out about, but they are slowing. And services seem to be gaining. So that's the thing to look at. Do, what new products is Apple going to come out with that can start to pick up the slack for the, for the slowing iPhone market? Because it's not going to die tomorrow. They're still selling iPads, for goodness sakes. They're still selling Macs, for goodness sake. Like, phones are going to sell well for Apple for a while. But what's going to start picking up the slack? And is that services number going to keep going up? Are Apple services going to continue to be robust and, and a way that Apple can continue to make money, even off their older equipment, 
uh, as people stop replacing phones regularly. Like the, to me, that's the story. That's the concern. That's the thing you look at Apple for. And the reason you care as a regular consumer is is, is that you want to know what the, what the health of a company is when you buy in their ecosystem and you want to know what choices you're going to have uh, and whether it's time to buy the iPhone 10 or should wait till October, all of that sort of thing. So Maybe part of them picking up the slack will be picking up slack. <laughs> that's a good clickbait headline right there. Yeah, that's not bad, right? That's pretty good. <laughs> Hey, thanks everybody who participates in our subreddit. You can submit stories and vote on them at dailytechnewsshow.reddit.com and in our Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash dailytechnewsshow. Derek called in after our Friday roundtable when we had all Canadian guests uh, and we had asked them for some of their favorite Canadian tech companies. Derek's got a whole lot more to tell you about. Hey, DTNS crew. It's Derek calling in from sunny, warm, Kamoka, Ontario, Canada. I uh, wanted to follow up on Friday's discussion about Canadian tech companies. There are a lot of them. Uh, a lot of them you may or may not know, depending on your industry or your interests or the blogs you read and that sort of thing. But I wanted to chime in with a few, about 10 or so, that you may or may not have heard of. Um, they include D-Wave, which is a quantum computing company, Lightspeed, they do point-of-sale systems, Sensibil, Dipoli, Unbounce marketing company or marketing tech company, Big Viking Games and Digital Extremes. They're both gaming uh, game developers. 500 Pixels, Text Now, Breather, which lets you rent uh, quiet spaces in Montreal, Toronto, New York, a bunch of other places. Hopper, that's a travel site. Ritual, which is a loyalty program on your a loyalty app on your phone. Vidyard. Uh, lets you make marketing videos. Comdev, they're a big space and satellite hardware supplier. Um, 900 plus satellites uh, that their hardware is on. And speaking of space, Canadarm2 is very much up and running. It's actually attached to the International Space Station right now. And it helped assemble the ISS while it was in orbit or, you know, while we were sending things up there to put to get the ISS together. So... Lots of Canadian tech contributions all over the place, in addition to the ones mentioned on Friday. And uh, and I think we have a lot to be proud of. Thanks. All right. Thank you, Derek. Uh, some really interesting stuff. Even even not just the fact that they're Canadian, but like some interesting startup ideas in there, like the renting quiet spaces. Do you, uh, you guys do poutine while you did your roundtable? Because you had all those Canadians? I should have. I really yeah. should have because I love poutine. And there's a really good poutine place not yeah. too far from That's me. all right. Next time. Yeah. All right, let's check the mailbag before we get out of here. We miss you, Sarah. Sarah's usually going to do this. I'll try to make my way through. Lillian wrote in and said, Roger mentioned the Scholastic box in yesterday's episode. My kids, ages two and four, still get Scholastic flyers in their daycare. The school also hosts the Scholastic book fair twice a year. So the Scholastic stuff of our childhood is still a thing, at least in New Jersey. Yeah. Well, my kids were a little bit younger. We still did the Scholastic thing. You saw it all the time. In fact, I want to say the first Harry Potter book I ever got had the Scholastic publishing thing on it. Oh, yeah. The 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 first round of Harry Potter was a Scholastic uh, imprint. You're right. Yeah, that's where they were pushing it. So, yeah, alive and well, turns out. I don't know. I can't say this uh, that about Highlights Magazine, which was my favorite thing in the world, but unconnected, sadly. So, no Highlights. and Gallant. <laughs> I just like finding the matching stuff on the page. There was a picture the hidden of pictures. Yeah, yeah. The other monkey, you know, it was right. great. Where is the other monkey? Well, if you want to find out where the other monkey is, you got to follow Scott Johnson. What's going on, Scott? Well, there's all sorts of stuff going on. Uh, first of all, huge thanks to everybody uh, in the DTNS crowd 
who all came out for the TMS meetup we did in Vegas. Tom and I were there, of course, with Brian Ibbett, Nicole, and Jerry, and a bunch of other folks, and it was fantastic. So huge thanks to you guys. Uh, but it's back to the grindstone. The grindstone for me right now is fulfilling a big Kickstarter that's still up and still doing well. We've got about half the time left. If you're interested in checking it out and you like playing cards, if those two things interest you, head on over to uh, frogpants.com slash cards. Uh, clicking anywhere on that page will take you to the Kickstarter, and you can see what we've unlocked, what's available, and what you might expect. Uh, again, that's frogpants.com slash cards. And for everything else, follow me on Twitter at Scott Johnson. Folks, thank you for supporting us uh, in all the myriad ways that there are. Uh, we have the Daily Tech News Show store, as I mentioned earlier, uh, and we have shirts and mugs and cool things in there. And patreon.com slash DTNS is the place to become a member and hang out with other folks in our Slack and our Discord, uh, even just on Patreon talking to each other. We always want to have at least one more patron than the previous month. Last month, we got 20 more patrons than the previous month. And so I have reached out to my friend, Eric. Some of you may know him as Fat Emo Kid, who used to keep tarantulas and knows where to find them. And he's got a line on, on a guy with a tarantula. So we will, sometime before May 10th, uh, take a video of a tarantula crawling on my arm for 20 seconds in honor of the 20 new patrons that we got last month. You are brave, dude. I would not. Uh, this would be really hard. We'll see how brave I am <laughs> when it comes time uh, to do that. Uh, in the meantime, we actually have three more patrons than last month this month already. Wow. So keep that momentum going as well. And thank you to everyone who supports the show at patreon.com slash DTNS. Our email address is feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com. We're live Monday through Friday, 4.30 p.m. Eastern, 2030 UTC. You can find out more about that at dailytechnewsshow.com slash live. We'll be back tomorrow with Justin Robert Young. Talk to you then. is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> Hi, this is Matt and Sean from Two Black Guys with good credit. From a local business to a global corporation. Partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash banking for business to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024.